on the phone, we've got Ed Clifford, two-time finisher of Bubba's Backyard Ultra. Um, got Monty joining me as well, co-race director of the event. And we wanted to take the opportunity to catch up um, a few days after the event, see how you're doing. And we got some questions for you. So I guess number one is, how's recovery going so far? Um, really well. I'm, I'm really pleased. Uh, the tendons that were giving me trouble in my left foot after uh, the Labor Day weekend ultra, um, not as bad, not as bad at all. Um, and I had some trouble with my left leg. It was really tight and uh, stiff uh, from my hip down. And I've got none of that after this event. So um, I recovered well from the last one. And I feel really good right now. So I'm, I'm very pleased. I didn't like kill myself. Um, I think I had a little left in the tank, but you never know. I mean, the next lap could always be your last. And so, so for the people who don't know the race before this, you alluded to, when was that? That was Labor Day weekend. And how far did you go? That was 130 miles over 31 hours. And what was the what's the recommended recovery time before you do something else like that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's different for everybody. I, I've heard some crazy ultra people that just run ultras week after week, and it's it's insane to me. I've never done more than one 100 uh, mile race a year. I've thrown in a couple marathons and a couple of 50 milers, but this is the first time I've come back and tried to run another 100 plus race that soon, uh, and even in one year. So, so, I, so I was hoping I would get a fitness bump from it if I recovered well enough, and I really feel like I did. So that uh, begs the question, then, do you consider yourself a crazy ultra athlete? I guess I'm in that category now, yes. Yeah, I think you've earned your wings in that department. Um, just another, just to back up. So, and your age, Ed? Uh, 55. Prime. He's in the prime, prime of life. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> um, the event, the, it was another last person standing event that you were talking about at Pineland Farms a month ago before this, this event, which, um, you said you had some tendon issues. So going to this event, that was a big concern for you, right? Right. Correct. Correct. And that was the one thing that you said that was going to stop you was if you had short of a ruptured tendon, you were going to just lay it all out there. Yeah, pretty much. By the time we got to late afternoon, I think 4 p.m., I realized, just looking at Nate and PJ, um, I said to Don, we got to prepare for going all night because I, I, I don't see either of these guys quitting uh, soon, and we're definitely going to go into dark before anybody quits. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had to decide that what was going on with my leg was worth continuing. Um, and it wasn't bad enough yet that I, I thought I should pull out for my health and safety, but it, um, I, I left foot dominant. I'm left-handed anyway. And I'd been really conscious all day after running through the first night of leading with my right foot and hitting all the technical stuff harder with my right foot and saving my left. And that seems to have made a difference. I don't know, maybe. 
Because watching you cross the finish line, and I've now watched you cross the finish line a bunch of times, Ed, is it it doesn't, one time looks the same as the next. Like you cross the finish line, you smile, you give a nod, you head to your station. It doesn't seem like there's, you know, there's anything, there's no indication of anything going on. Is that something you, like... Mm -hmm. Is that something you you yeah. like normally do? Is it is it you you don't want to show anything, or is that just the you're just in race mode and that's it? Yeah, I think I'm just I'm in race mode. Um, obviously, I having done this is the third one I've done. Um, you do look at your competition and you do look for weakness, um, but you still have to focus on yourself and run your own race. And if I learned one thing from your race last year, it is not to worry about everybody else just focus on yourself because if i get caught up worrying about when they're going to quit then it just takes energy away from me it's negative energy that i don't need and when i heard tj saying that he just wanted everybody to quit so he could win i could totally relate to that because i had those exact same feelings last year so if he learns anything from this and comes back next year to run all night for a second night and destroy everybody that's there, that would not surprise me. Um, he, he is very talented. And I think that's probably the most important lesson he'll learn from all of this. Right. Well, speaking of lessons, what were some of the things you carried over from last year and what were some things you changed from last year? Um, well, last year you um, came out and ran with us. And I remember a couple of hot laps I did with you, like, 40 minutes-ish, or maybe even a little faster. But I, I remember coming back thinking, wow, that was a lot of energy I just spent. I, I don't need to run that fast. Uh, <laughs> so I was really dedicated to not doing that this year, just sticking right with that 48 to 52-minute lap. And that gives you enough turnaround time to be to be comfortable and, and cognizant. And... When, when you are running, Ed, and you go through you there you know multiple thoughts that come up when you when you spend this much time running what's the best thought you have that keeps you going when you're running um what is the best thought i don't know i don't know if there's like really great thoughts but i just try to enjoy my time out there um honestly the last lap i did and even though i didn't know that that was my last lap and i still thought we were racing and didn't know how much longer we'd be racing I really enjoyed that lap the most because we were finally into real darkness and it was so peaceful. There were no lights, nobody else was on the trail. And I really enjoyed that lap the most just because it was so quiet and tranquil. And I'm a classic introverted long distance runner who just really does enjoy being out alone running. Um, as much as I enjoy groups and chatting and, and the social aspect, I'm really comfortable being alone for long periods of time, too. Right. Were you ever close to quitting? No. No. Okay. And, and I don't want to say that to sound like, you know, I'm full of myself or I'm trying to make this air of invincibility for next year. But um, no, not even close. Our goal was to go two nights and mentally and physically well, physically, it's harder to prepare for that because you're not going to go out and train and run two days in a row and two nights in a row. But mentally, um, we both were preparing to go two nights. And that's the unknown for me. I want to kind of explore my own 
limit as far as sleep deprivation. And, you know, could I enter a 200 mile race? Could I run two nights in a row? And I don't know. And we're looking forward to that challenge. And what was your, where were you at with the sleep deprivation? Was that starting to kick in? Were you starting to tar- starting to get some of the, the sleep monsters? No, not yet. Um, but we talked about um, between the few minutes we had between four or five and six o'clock, um, we just talked about let's let's get everything ready and keep it really simple, because as the night goes on, um, you know the mental acuity starts to to wane and emotionally you can kind of lose your lose your shit a little bit. So we were we were just mentally just preparing to go all night. Nice. So do you think Ed, that the the main thing that I see in people coming in is people are broken mentally. They'll come in off of a hot lap and they'll look fresh, but mentally they're just switched off. Do you think that it's mainly a mental pursuit, this long distance game? I think this back, backyard ultra is, is just a sick, twisted mental game that was <laughs> created by Jerry Cantrell because he thought running a straight hundred miler or, you know, straight ultra was just too easy. So he just really wanted to put people in a really uncomfortable place mentally. And, uh, you know, just having seen the Barkley marathons and, and seeing some of his big backyard ultra stuff, it, it, yeah, that kind of struck home with me. It's like, okay, I'm an old guy. Um, my fast days are way behind me. I'm sort of new to ultra. I didn't run, do my first one until I was 50. So let's explore what I can do. And what I can do is just kind of mentally be tough and just keep running in this format as long as possible. It's awesome. Yeah, you definitely you've become a little bit of a celebrity in this world where I think people were people would come up to me during the event and be like, yeah, you know, I got a chance to catch up with Ed because just hearing about last year. And um, but it's really interesting what you're saying about tapping into the unknown. And last year was a big unknown. Pineland, you dealt with injury. And now this one, you still left some on the table and you still got more you still got more in the tank. Does this mean you're coming back next year? What are you excited about going into, um, 2021? Um, I haven't made any real concrete plans yet, but I did sign up for the Pineland event again, and I plan on signing up for this one. Uh, this, your event is the most fun that we've had racing ultras in the five years that I've been doing it. Uh, bar none, you guys are great. The people are great. I love the trail. I love the challenge. So uh, if I'm physically able, we will definitely be back next year. And beyond that, I really don't have any other plans. Nice. That's, that's a good answer. You know, it look, sounds like you got some unfinished business at Pineland. Um, like I said, you did, you did 130 miles and you, you finished first DNF to the, the guy that's been, you said he's got that on lock, right? Yeah, he's a monster. He's got that, that trail down, and he's been doing it three, four, maybe five years now. I'm not sure how many, but I, I think this was his third win. And it got him a golden ticket to Biggs. And I, I got to tell you, it was hard to quit knowing that that was an opportunity for me to go to Biggs and you know, really rub elbows against the best. But I also had to be realistic and go, yeah, you're not really ready to go. 200 plus miles in one of these events yet and 
Jason probably is. So before you destroy your body in an attempt that could ultimately fail anyway, um, maybe you should just pull out, save it, and uh, go have some fun at Bubba's in a month. So what are your goals then, Ed? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm not really sure what keeps me going. And there's always one or two conversations that we have during these things like, uh, why, why am I doing this again? I'm not really sure. And Don will laugh and go, well, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, my, um, my, the first question but, I, the first question well, I had for you is what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, sorry, I missed part of that. I said the first question but I had I on my list, but the first question I had on the list for you was what are you thinking? Like two years yeah. in a row doing this. And, but the thing is you walk, you go across the finish line and then you can like take down the poker face, but you look, like I said, first lap to, to 30th lap, it looks pretty much the same. Yeah. I think that that's the key. I think that's the secret is just, it, it should be mostly the same. Um, I did get a little bored, uh, towards the end of, uh, Sunday afternoon and, um, it was just me and Nate. PJ and PJ did his usual quick start, but it wasn't as quick as normal, and he didn't have the bounce in his stride. And I hadn't run or talked with him yet, really much. So um, all of a sudden, a couple of the ladies had gone running by, and they uh, joined up the back of PJ. And Nate and I had a laugh because I said, "Don't you kind of feel like the nerds?" And he's the cool kid because <laughs> I mean, he's just—he's amazing. He's a, he's a rock star. So anyway, uh, we're going the clockwise direction, which is my favorite. Uh, I love it because the first downhill section is kind of flowy and fun. And so I just leaned forward and let it go and caught up to the back of the, the little entourage there. And, and they were all chatting away. And I learned more about PJ without ever even talking to him, just from the questions they were asking him and, and the conversation they were having. And, and it was fun. I think we did like a 43-minute lap, and it felt like it woke me up. Um, I just really needed to kind of push it a little bit. And then I felt like, yeah, now I'm ready to go another night. I saw that you were, you were on the caboose there and that's gotta be like a little refreshing. You don't run with music at all. Do you? No, never once did I put on a Walkman or, or take my phone out. Sometimes I'll, um, I don't like to use the earphones even when I'm alone, just so that I hear what's going on. So I'll have the phone uh, music on, but no earphones, but no. And I never felt like I needed to. And, um, yeah, even going into that second night, I was fairly determined. I was just going to stay alone with my thoughts and, and just focus on the trail and staying safe. Um, at night it's, it's pretty serious business, especially going into the second night, because you got to watch where you put your feet. And uh, I did not fall once. I fell a couple of times last year, but I did not fall once. Um, didn't even really come that close. I think I caught my toe a couple of times. But um, I was really happy that I was at least that focused this year, that I didn't have a mishap. Yeah. Thanks, thanks to Bubba for all the spray paint. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was so cool to see him out on the trail this year. And he was taking video and he was interacting with us and talking to us. He looked like he was having more fun this year than he did last year. And that was good to see. And all the work he did out there is really appreciated. Yeah, big thanks to Bubba. And it's, um, you know, what you guys have all done collectively 
have have definitely inspired all the onlookers participants and it's fun every like being the second year you we you recalibrated you know the expectations and it, it, it's not just you it's it's jp it's nay it's the the whole crew where you you guys are um, setting the standard for the next year and the year after that and people that went in with expectations of 10 laps are now just gonna be like well if they did 30 plus laps then i should be able to do half of that you know so there's that whole mentality of expectations and getting getting in it mentally and knowing what's possible and a lot of times you don't know what's possible until you see someone else do it and watching my dad he just we went there to clean up um yesterday and he said he just had his fastest lap which was an hour and 15 minutes so he's i think he's gunning for next year as well and me watching it i lasted two laps this year before i had to jump in and do a lap and i think next year i'm depending on health and everything else but like my plans are to do the event next year just because it's um this unknown and it's the same same thing that attracted you to it is the same reason that i definitely want to do it and again missing out two years in a row it's time to jump in yeah definitely you should you should get in there and do that I and mean, you set the stage for something really special and i can't imagine um being in your position having to to organize and and keep that race going, but not being able to be part of it too. It, that would be really hard. That, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you get out there next year and whoever else shows up. I mean, I, I think, yeah, it's going to go two nights next year for sure. The one thing I've learned is that I need my sleep. I need my <laughs> sleep. So I don't, I was talking strategy with people like, well, maybe if you do a fast lap, sleep 20 minutes on one side, then cross the start, sleep, just, take a dirt nap 20 minutes on the other side that's a nice chunk of sleep yeah but i yeah that was one thing that surprised me is that there was none of that no dirt naps yeah i i guess if you're mike wardian you can do a 30 minute lap you can spend you know 30 minutes on social media <laughs> that's kind of what jp reminded me of i kept looking over and seeing him and he's like he's not resting he's on social media he's, he's chilling on the picnic table and he's he's doing his thing and i thought wow this is so cool he is so laid back but um yeah i can't run fast enough to expect to take a cat nap so that's just not on the table for me that's not true you your victory lap last year yeah i'm was gonna copy us on that too <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun to have ben quist come over and, and and kind of brag on me a little bit about breaking the record and well he mentioned you had gone faster but um, I didn't even recognize him from one year to the next. That's how those teenagers change. Oh, yeah. So I was like, you know who that was, right? And I was like, no, that's Ben. So it was very cool that Ben went out, blasted a lap. Um, it's neat to see the young people there, Zach and, you know, everybody. It's it's an old man's game, kind of. But when you get young people that get interested this early and intrigued by it, the sky's going to be the limit for them. Well, it's fun to watch you beat up on those the the young guns. Yeah, we, I appreciate that. Ed. <laughs> yeah, doing it AARP crowd. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, any other questions, Monty? I'm I'm good. All right. Well, Ed, appreciate your time. It was really fun to catch up. 
um, and, and talk a little bit more about the event. And I think this is a nice place to wrap it up and start uh, moving on to other events, dog sledding, you name it, whatever, whatever else we have lined up for the wintertime and recharge for the 2021 season. So um, thanks again. And anything else you want to say? Stage is yours. Uh, yeah, just want to thank you guys for putting this event on. Um, so many events canceled. So many of my friends disappointed over things that they didn't get to do. And I just kind of kept the faith all summer and just kept grinding out miles and looking forward to this event. And um, so happy that it happened. And I, I see all the work you guys put in. It's amazing. Um, really appreciate it. All of us runners, spectators, crew, um, and big thanks to Dawn. Couldn't have done it without her. Um, she makes it so easy for me. I just come in and relax and she knows what to ask and, and what not to ask. And she knows the things that I need. And that helps a lot. So for the people who are thinking of getting into this, um, get out there and practice this format with um, somebody that is willing to come out and crew with you and and really think about the you know things you want to have and things you want to do and accomplish. Uh, having the plan, that's so important. Um, you've said it over and over again. And yeah, go in with a plan, and uh, but be open to the possibility that you could go a lot further than you think you can. All right. Well, thanks, Ed. Um, again, like you've you've been a critical part of this event. Um, without it, it would not be nearly as exciting. So, thanks for putting in such a huge effort for making um, the trip up. And yeah, we'll see you next year. Yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. Thank you, Marty. Bye.